You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 163, we'll be discussing the best of Batman. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. And he's back in the Nerd Room. We've got one solo member still via Skype, but we're here, the three of us, back at the table to discuss all things Batman this week. We just celebrated the 80th anniversary of probably the most popular, one of the most popular at least, the most beloved comic book heroes of all time. Let's put it on the table. Sorry, Troy, you're not going to want to hear this, but he's the most popular. Most popular? He's he's over uh, Spider-Man. He's I overtaken Superman. He's overtaken... Look at the merchandise sales. What are the oh, merchandise, merchandise sales, sales. What, what are the comic book sales <laughs> look, 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 look at the children backpacks if you were one's rocking the red and blue if you weren't here i mean if you were all the way through skype if you were here i'd go yeah, across man. that table and ask you politely to change your mind <laughs> Please change yeah your mind. yeah guys we are going to run down the best batman the best film the best animated feature we're going to talk about the bat suits batmobiles everything bat nipples batman bat nipples i'm bat sure butt. It's gonna come up all of that, the yeah. back credit card. All oh of it. yeah. <laughs> We're gonna run through this and have a blast celebrating Batman. We've got that Detective Comics issue one thousand that just came out that celebrates that eightieth anniversary as well. So yes, we're gonna get into all of that a little later on in the episode because we got a few things to cover here at the top end. We've got to talk a little bit about Avengers Endgame. We've covered this in so much detail the last few weeks, but the tickets just went on sale. It was a grind. But we do, we have all acquired our tickets, and we're going to get into a little bit of our, our story relating to that and Cineplexes and Fandangos and everyone's <laughs> sites that were pathetically slow this morning. And we also got to discuss this Star Wars Episode Nine leaked poster. Now, I don't know if this is real or not, so this discussion may end up being all for nothing, but it's going to be fun to toss around this poster that was leaked out there. It looks somewhat legit to me for the most part. We're going to have to wait till Celebration, though, to confirm any of that, but that's just a couple weeks away. Are your and bags packed, Tim? My bags are not packed because I am firmly planted <laughs> here. My wife still has that little child inside of her. <laughs> We're actually doing the podcast from the delivery room. Straight from the delivery room. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you do hear screaming, that'll be Sanjay's gleeful joy that we're talking about Batman this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we are still patiently waiting for the arrival of the baby here, the next baby in the nerd room. We've got two delivered safe and sound, and hopefully... Well, I guess by this time next week, medically, we have to have the baby. Yeah. <laughs> or my yeah. wife has to have the baby. So hopefully next week we're celebrating not only the arrival of Celebration and all this stuff, but also the third and last baby to arrive in the nerd room for 2019. And kind of... That's what you guys to... think. Yeah. Surprise! We're pregnant again! <laughs> there you go, sunshine. <laughs> no sex for six weeks <laughs> that's what the nurse told me i'm like well i'm not gonna like obviously try right now like i understand she, i get it yeah she's like i i was in the delivery room no i i get it <laughs> <laughs> all right guys with that brilliant segue we're gonna jump into our week in nerd something we love to do at the top of the episode for people that are just joining us for the first time 
Welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're yeah. here. Hope you stay. But we always like to run down our weekend or what we got up to in comics, in collecting over the past week or so from the I guess really going from the last podcast here. And Troy, it, yeah, it's man. been it's been a, it's been a grind out there. We're starting yeah. to see things creep up here. We got Lego 20th anniversary stuff jumping up. Avengers Endgame. Did you manage to get out in the hunt? Were you reading comics this week? Yeah, dude, guys, it's been so slow on my end, honestly. You know, I saw um, yourself, Tim, and uh, shout out to uh, Carlos DM over there, who, um, actually, no, not Carlos DM. I got my Carlos's mixed up. Carlos from Tumbling Saber, <laughs> who uh, posted the picture of um, the Anakin pod racing yes. Lego. Nice. Uh, it's a 20th anniversary, I believe. Is yes, that it is. The whole the Lego 20th anniversary, which also coincides yeah. with the Phantom Menace, too. Yeah, so I, I saw that thing. It looked pretty cool. I decided to head out to my Walmart and look for it. Uh, no luck. So, and then I was hit with the bug a little later after. So I've been uh, been home actually, homesick. So I haven't been out on the hunt. I did manage to read that um, Age of Republic Star Wars book that's been going on, that anthology kind of comic run with um, Padme. Nice. So I finally read her issue. Cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. The art wasn't my favorite, but I do like the story they had to tell with the character, and I do like to sh I do like how they capture how um, independent Padme really is, and how she can hold down the fort on her own. I really like that aspect. So it was awesome, and the handmaids too. Cool. They're badass. I love yes, yes, exactly. I need I need more of that. So um, that was great. And then you know, and then I, I finished up a, a custom Luke. So I, I I went back on a Return of the Jedi Luke slash Battlefront Two Luke that I was working on. Finished it up because I haven't been uh, hunting much and called it a day. And that's it, man. So that's my uh, my weekend nerd. Hopefully I got more for you guys next week. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, do you, nice. What do you guys got, man? I'm rubbing my hands here. I know you guys got some good stuff going on. Yeah, I got some good stuff this week. You know, I got that Bumblebee Steelbook. Ooh. Came Ooh. out today. And let me tell you, it's my favorite Transformers film. And the Steelbook, it's a good yeah. one. It's a good one. I like it. It's one. It's my only Transformers Steelbook. And uh because it's my favorite. And uh, <laughs> also picked up Shazam, number four. Uh, man, I'm loving that series. Grabs, if you're reading it, I know you're a big Shazam guy. After watching the movie, I'm like, okay, I got to like get caught up. Because it's a little bit tricky right now reading for me. So I really got to prioritize what I'm reading. And Shazam, <laughs> number four. Man, the first four issues of this series, phenomenal. Like if this is the way the sequel goes, it will be a hit as well. Like I'm so pumped. This is... You know, it's, like I know a lot of DC characters, but this is one that I really didn't. So I'm really like excited to learn and more more about the lore of Shazam and the uh, Shazam family in this comic. So it's pretty cool. Um, and as well, I was actually at uh, Best Buy last week, and I was talking with the sales staff, and they had big posters up to promote Aquaman coming out on home video. And I like talked to one of the uh, sales associates. I'm like, what do you guys do with these? Um, most of the time, they say. We just throw them out, but we can't give them to you. So bugger off kind of thing. <laughs> but this time they're like, we just throw them off, but throw them out. But uh, if you want them, just come back in a week when we're putting up all our Bumblebee stuff and you can have them. So I'll post a picture on Twitter. These things are phenomenal. There's one of Jason Momoa in his full like Aquaman suit coming out of the waterfall. There's a Black Manta one. There's one of Jason Momoa just peeking out of the water, with, like holding his trident. And these nice. things are massive. Like I'm talking like two feet high, maybe two and a half feet high, quite wide. They're they're phenomenal and they're in real nice paper. It's a it's a nice poster and it's uh, something that I got for free. So it's phenomenal. You know, just ask out there if there's anything that like there's merchandising and see what you can get because I got some stuff and this is the second time I did because I got a Batman v Superman 
cardboard topper as well so yeah you hooked me yeah. up with the rogue one as well yeah that's right yeah you got the rogue one so just ask i don't know i mean the worst they can say is no yeah exactly and then you know even if they say no you just go dumpster diving yeah. at midnight <laughs> well, I, I never understood that i don't know if that's a something because they I, you had a suggestion once about yeah. raffling them off right like just go throw your name in a hat and everyone yeah. throw 10 bucks in yeah and all of it goes to charity and they just raffle those things off because some of those cardboard stands are nice they're beautiful yeah. and they last like a week or two weeks and they toss them out yeah. and i'm like what a waste yeah and because collectors would do that like i would oh, go yeah. once a week or i'd have you go as a proxy <laughs> yeah <laughs> once a week to best buy yeah and give you 10 20 bucks whatever throw it yeah. into the hat yeah. It goes to a good cause, and you get collectors getting this kind of stuff. So yeah. I don't really know. I've had it a few times where they would write my name on the back, yeah. and I'd come back, and it'd be gone. Uh, okay. And they would have chucked it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they, I had some Force Awakens stuff on hold at a Walmart, and yeah, they just chucked it out. I was kind of like, ah, what you guys do with it? Like, eh, it's long gone, dude. Yeah. So it's kind of a hit and miss, but if you are kind of a regular, which you are, you frequent Best Buy quite oh, a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They know you by name. I'm employee of the month. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> no, that's, that's really cool, man. And you said you're going to try to hook us up with some other ones. Captain yeah, Marvel exactly. When Captain Marvel comes out, Shazam. Um, of course, Star Wars, and of course, Endgame. Going to be on the hunt for those, and hopefully I can uh, hook some people up. And if I do get those, you know, maybe we'll hold a contest here. Yes. Do like we said. We'll say everyone, you know, five bucks for charity, or even just uh, if you're listening, you know, we haven't figured the rules out. This is brand new information. Like, it's new to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm able to get them, I can't promise anything, but if I'm able to get them or if I'm able to steal them legally. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ship them to you with no yeah. fingerprints. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been a pretty busy week for me here, actually. I've been trying to find a, a lot to do to fill my time as we're kind of anxiously awaiting the arrival of the new little one here. So mm -hmm. I've been catching up on comic books. I got into nice. that new Guardians run that came off the back end of Infinity Wars. Yeah. Holy, is it good. You know, I couldn't find nice. that first issue. I finally said, screw it. I just bought the second printing for now. Yeah. Because I was worried about getting behind. I read all three issues last night so good if you're a fan like of the cosmic if you've read some like beta ray bill stuff if you read some of the annihilation stuff the older kind of guardian stuff you'll appreciate a lot of the references they have in here nice it's it's so well done but you kind of do need the context of infinity wars to really get exactly what's happening because there's a lot to do with with thanos and gamora and all these characters so it will be a bit confusing so that mm -hmm. would be my recommendation is go read uh, i can't remember it was like road to infinity war or whatever it was the countdown infinity countdown and then infinity wars and then you can jump right into this it's a nice big event that goes into guardians in a very similar fashion that annihilation annihilation conquest and then the old guardians the 2008 run ran into it so it's 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 a great book i'm reading old man quill which is also fantastic nice. captain america is good oh comics are just i'm just loving life right now and then still jumping to the marvel unlimited once in a while so i've been doing a lot of that troy like you said, that 20th anniversary yeah, Lego, I did grab that pod racer when I first saw it. These weren't supposed to drop, I believe, until April 1st. I saw it on the 30th of March. And I was like, yes, I'm getting this. <laughs> the best part about it, though, it's a, it's a great little build. But I said to my, my daughter, I said, do you want to watch a Star Wars film? She's never, I've never put her in front of a Star Wars film yet. Mm -hmm. I just, she doesn't have the attention span. It's something a little bit out of her wheelhouse. So I said, look, this one's got kids in it. It's got this awesome queen. It's got this, this guy named Jar Jar. Nice. So she's pretty into it. So she's bugging me all day. When are we going to go downstairs and watch Star Wars and nice. build a Lego? 
Yeah. And so I said, okay, let's do this. So went down and she watched the whole movie. Nice. Love Jar Jar Binks. Her yeah. favorite was, was Padme, Queen Amidala. Awesome. She was engaged in it. We were building. It was such a great time to just sit and watch The Phantom Menace. And it put a new appreciation on that film for me because yeah. it's, it's meant for children, right? Jar Jar yeah. is meant for children. And mm-hmm. at times we have to step back and, and remi- remind ourselves that some of these movies aren't made for you and I, right? They're not yeah. made for yeah. us. They're made for kids. And this one especially is made for kids. Now, seeing it through that lens, that was quite eye-opening. I just absolutely have a whole new appreciation for that movie. It's, it's nice. just going to really touch my heart how much she engaged with the characters there because they're a bit more relatable mm-hmm. than when you're looking yeah. at the original Star Wars trilogy, when you're looking yes. at even Episode 2 and 3. And even Episode 7 is the same way. She loves Rey, mm-hmm. but she's really fixated on a younger Amidala, on Jar Jar mm-hmm. Binks, even on young Anakin, seeing other kids. She gets excited. Oh, there's kids on the screen. So <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was quite an experience. <laughs> I, I had a lot That's of fun. Cool. So all That's spurred cool. by that, that 20th anniversary Lego there, and then Endgame. Oh man, guys, oh. we got a little bit to talk here about Endgame. Yeah. I was out on the, the hunt <laughs> this weekend, so my daughter and I were trying to give my wife a little bit of time just to rest and all that. We went out on Saturday, so I was March 30th, and the Endgame stuff was supposed to be dropping the 31st. So I'm in my head saying, Okay, I'm gonna try to preempt all this because mm-hmm. they're gonna have everything out the same way they had the Lego out early. So I was trying to get in front of other collectors in the city yeah. and get these legends and these Funko Pops especially. Zero luck. <laughs> like, no one had any clue what was going on. I went to the Disney store. They're the only ones that said, yeah, we have stuff that's coming out on Sunday, the 31st. And I said, is there any action figures, anything special? She said, look, there's nothing to come back for. Oh, like, wow. As, as a collector. She said, there's some apparel and some stuff that you've seen before that's yeah. repackaged with the different Avengers logo but it's not. And I said, is it going to be kind of like a Star Wars release? Anything cool? Nothing like that. And so that was a bit disappointing. So I then I went back out on <laughs> Sunday and I managed at Hot Topic to find the first wave, if you want to call it that, of Funko Pops, including the Captain America Hot Topic exclusive. So I was pretty stoked to get some of that. I'm getting my first Endgame stuff, which also includes a Thanos and a cap with the Quantum Realm suit. So happy to get that. I was satisfied there. But today, being Tuesday, I was out when just on a little bit of a side hunt to <laughs> Toys R Us, and I managed to find the Endgame, the first Marvel Legends yes. wave. Oh my man! That. Super excited! I ended up getting oh. the Ebony Maw, Ronan, and the Captain America. If you do follow me on Twitter, that's at the NerdRM. I threw up the case pack ratio for this wave, and my prediction was you're going to see lots of caps. Ronan and Ebony Maw are going to be the tough ones to find. Lo and behold. There must have been three or four cases because there was the caps were stacked deep. There must have been eight or nine caps there. He's two to a case, so that's well, why he's there. But the Ronan Ebony Maw, I must have been amongst the first there to grab these because I grabbed those two, and that was it for those characters. <laughs> so if you're going to be out there, my guess would be the Ronan's going to be the one in this wave. Gotcha. Yeah. Because it's end game, it's something different. Mm-hmm. It's a single pack within a case of eight. So it's going to be hard to find. So I'm super happy that I was able to get my hands on some of that Endgame merch. Nice. I'm yes. almost complete, I would think, with the exception of maybe the cup that I always get from Cineplex and maybe some Pez if I can find it because as you dubbed me the Pezident. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to get a Marilyn Monroe one and come out of a cake and sing you. Maybe. Happy maybe birthday, Mr. Pezident. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been a blast. And I've also been counting down to avengers endgame here i put up a watch list up on twitter that mm-hmm. consists of seven films which is the first avenger avengers winter soldier 
Age of Ultron, Civil War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Infinity War. Of course, I'm trying to watch these before right. we get to Endgame at the end of this month. Now, I'm following a through line of basically Cap story and then mm-hmm. the quantum stuff from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. So are you guys doing anything similar to that? Are you guys going to be watching any of these? I have gotten through three of the films, which I think personally is quite impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've got four to go, but I think I can get through these. Are, Troy, are you going to be doing any pre-watching before going to Endgame? Man, I'm such a sucker. You know, the other day I was at home sitting on the couch and my daughter and I just cracked open Homecoming. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I have a problem here because I just can't stop watching that movie. Um, so, you know, I, I think I really do want to do Avengers. I want to do, in no order right now, but I want to do Avengers. I want to do Infinity War, obviously, Black Panther, Civil War, and Guardians. That's like my mismatch. And I, I would say Captain Marvel, but it's in theaters. And but, Homecoming you know, I've one more time. Anyways yeah <laughs> homecoming one more time i just i just do that on the regular anyways yeah <laughs> but um to, to do a quick uh flashback here if you want to call it that i'm um, going back tim to your marvel legends that you got because you do open up the mcu ones yes you, you do display those guys are you going to be one of those people that buy the uh dual pack ronin not ronin hawkeye and i think it's black widow, widow? yeah yeah, and pop off that head from Jeremy Renner and pop it on the Ronin, or or what? What are you going to do? I'm curious, man. Likely. I'm probably, and if we can get them for the rule, they're target exclusives, which can make it harder. Yeah. Play. Yeah. Uh, and right. we have touched on this a little bit before, but yeah, for sure, I'm buying at least two of those two packs. Nice. Because nice. I'm going to have this cap out with the whole line of Avengers. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah, popping that Renner head on, of course. Yeah, man. Because it, nice. it is it is pretty suited up. Now these are these are yeah. really nice figures, mm-hmm. really well sculpted, lots of detail here. The cap actually, the Evans head, that was someone I was kind of complaining about before. It's yeah. pretty good. The helmet one. The helmeted head. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. His jawline, his face, the eyes, it's all got a he- Evans look to them. And I even compared it to the Civil War pack, which right. the Civil War two pack with crossbones, the the anniversary one. Oh, and which is it, the best one. Yeah, so that's far. the best one so far. And it's yeah. fairly comparable to that. Nice. And nice. but yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna be popping heads off on this one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's, it's for sure the uh, Avengers one cat though, it looks like. like yeah, the that yeah. would be that's my opinion. You know, from the trailers and that we can see where's a different bucket. But yeah. the funny thing is, is the art on the side of the box has his ears out. Oh, okay. and he's helmeted here, which is the exact same thing that happened in Avengers One. All the art yep. had his ears out, and Avengers One they changed it and put his put his ears in. Yep. So I I don't know. It still looks like that Avengers One helmet. This isn't yep. a because they have the mold right from Civil War from all the others of, mm-hmm. with ears out. So exactly. I don't know what the deal is with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a bit uncertain. So I don't know if it's a mistake or if it's like we kind of speculated last week. Is it telling us something a little more yeah. about Endgame, about what it could be? So, yeah. Sanjay, are you going to be doing any any MCU watching? Um, yeah, I'll try to check out Infinity War absolutely before then. Yeah, um, it's probably a must. Eh? Yeah, oh, you have yeah. to. Um, I have the 8 o'clock show on Friday. Yeah. So I'm going to try maybe watch like infinity war thursday night and then just go straight into end game nice and maybe like i really want to watch civil war it's been so long since i've seen that film so good i mean i watched it maybe two years ago and i was like that's you know i need to see it again i I need to see like i need like a week of like sabbatical from work so i can just rewatch the mcu (laughs) on a yearly basis yeah be like Uh my mcu vacation like maybe just like rent like a cabin in the woods Maybe like a snowy day outside in the winter and just sit with a fire, some popcorn and watch the MCU. Like, man, man. And like, I'll invite you and Troy over, I guess. We'll wear pajamas. 
And we'll make waffles just... and have cereal in the morning. That sounds sounds absolutely brilliant. <laughs> now, if you, if you do start on the 4th, so in two days, so when this episode drops on yeah. Thursday, and watch one MCU film a day, yeah. you can watch every single MCU film up until the release of Endgame. Wow, so there's what, 21? 21, yeah. Or nice. you can watch Shazam 21 times in theaters. <laughs> And yeah, uh, you get the up. same effect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, speaking about theaters, actually, you mentioned that you do and you have secured your ticket yeah. for Avengers Endgame. That's a Friday show you're going to. Now, they kind of put out this this idea that tickets were going to drop. It was being rumored a little bit. It dropped at a really obscure time on Tuesday. I mm-hmm. believe it was supposed to be midnight, but then it didn't happen till 5, and there's some lag on things. I know Carlos, he's out on vacation in a different time zone, and... He was having issues, and this morning, we are up at some god-awful hour with, you know, pregnancy and all that, and I just popped online, and I was like, oh, the tickets are on sale, so I looked, and yeah. IMAX, no problem. I was yeah. just like, just buy them. I was like, ah, I forgot to text people last night. It'll be fine. What's the worst <laughs> that could happen? And shoot to five hours later, what a nightmare. <laughs> Cineplex, and I know, look, just looking online, Fandango was, all of them. All their sites were at a snail's pace, and it was all I could do. I bet you I tried for an hour and a half to get Endgame tickets. Wow. When In that time span, and this is a bit my fault for not going on earlier or for not buying the tickets when my wife told me to, (laughs) but the IMAX showing was sold out, the AVX showings were sold out, and they're all doing, there's like 5.30 showing, 6 o'clock showing, and I'm getting a 6 o'clock showing. I got eight tickets for a small crew of us that are going. But holy, was it ever a grind? I couldn't believe the how slow the sites were. And I actually tweeted at Cineplex, you know, I said, oh, this is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. They got back at me, like, right away. Yeah. And said, we're sorry, IT's on it. And I said, you know, thanks for the reply. I appreciate that. And then I gave him a shout-out after I got my tickets. I said, you know, thanks a lot. I know this is probably really tough. Because a lot of people were beating the shit yeah. out of these movie chains because they're saying, oh, you had a year to prepare for this. and <laughs> yeah, This happens all the time. So I was like, I'm going to throw some positivity out there. Yeah, man. And, nice. and thank them for eventually getting me my tickets. Like, the, for stuff like this in Calgary especially, yeah. to sell out that quick, never like, that happens. IMAX was gone. Yeah, it there never was, happens. There was like three seats in there and they were like all sporadically, all three of them kind of wow. all over the place. Yeah. I've never seen a movie sell like this. Even Star Wars. When we did The Force Awakens, it was mental. Mm-hmm. But I was able to secure 20 seats wow. in a theater. Right. Even The right. Last Jedi for the fan event, it wasn't this hard. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's proportionally going to tell us what the opening weekend is going to look like. It probably does, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to assume. But holy, it was it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, nuts, man. Yeah, it's cool, man. I love like hearing these stories because... Like, Back in the day, people would say, like, oh, I camped out overnight to see, like, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back in theaters or something like that, right? And, you know, as a kid growing up or, like, you know, as an adult and young adult, I was like, ah, I really want to experience that. You know, I've got that a little bit here and there, but, like, nothing like this. And now, you know, when, like, Avengers 27 comes out, we can tell our kids, like, you should have seen it when Avengers 4 came out. Yeah, I waited in <laughs> virtual line yeah. for two hours. <laughs> What's the theater, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't pop up on my movie screen, on yeah. my TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm glad we got this, all got the tickets secured. It's yeah, going to be a man, lot of fun. It. It's a yeah. three-hour ride this is going to be, so it's going to be intense it's gonna be crazy i'm gonna wear a diaper like i can't hold my bladder for three hours i don't want to miss anything 
depends. Like, come on. There's no shame in it. There'd be the Avengers symbol pop up when you pee. Yeah. <laughs> the cooling effect. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's time to change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, with this ticket drop, mm-hmm. did come another trailer. Yes. Yes. Now, we are not going to discuss this in any detail because we've given a lot of time and effort to the first two trailers. And this one steps into spoiler territory maybe a bit further than they wanted to go. They've done so well capping these trailers at minimal footage, giving you just a little bit of a taste. And this one, I did watch it, mm-hmm. and I'm <clears throat> never used to. I used to preach not to. Yeah. But I've gotten sucked into this now, so I'm, I'm all the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, Troy, I want to ask you, without giving anything about the trailer away, do yep. you feel the same way I do, that it did give a little bit too much away? It kind of wasn't crafted as well as the other trailers. It was more of a, here's a whole bunch of really cool scenes, guys, and not telling the same stories that the first trailer, two trailers did, that we really praised. This was more... And I think you mentioned this before we started recording, Troy, more of a TV spot where it's like, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And here you go. Yeah. 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 What, what do you think? Yeah, I would that? say so. Yeah. Especially with, uh, I think it's close to the, like, the very end there, that scene that we get between yes. a couple individuals. And I was yeah. like, oh, like we knew it was going to happen. But I was like, really? You guys just put that in the trailer? Like that scene, that moment? Like we, I don't want to get into it, but it's it's pretty impactful seeing how we haven't seen certain characters in a certain amount of time from a certain yeah. film so <laughs> but um but man it, this this has me going still though i'm oh. super excited i i love um some of the shots that we're getting um it kind of brings up new theories now too of when this movie is going to take place exactly you know like you have kind of a better idea of when they're going to approach a certain person but uh man this is this is great I, I i love this my only thing that i've been curious about the marketing and i know like us three here we're sold and you know pretty much anybody that's listening is sold because we're all in this nerdum together but mm-hmm. i wonder if this film marketing so far has done a good job has done a, a, a has done has done the right job of what they've done the last time with um infinity war like have they marketed it towards people that wouldn't necessarily see an mc an mcu film do you know what I mean? Judging by ticket sales, there's no one left. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, yeah. I you, guess so. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good point, right? Because even going back to, you know, The Hunt this week, it wasn't, there wasn't any fanfare around any of this stuff, right? Around right. the same way the Star Wars gets. And, you know, mm-hmm. this goes back to our conversation about, is this the most anticipated film of all time? When you look at that in relation to The Force Awakens and even The Last Jedi and that, and probably what we're going to get with episode nine is that yeah, there's not the same fanfare around this global fanfare. But I think like you said, Sanjay, people are just in this universe. You know, we've yeah. seen the mistake of the assumption that people are built. You have a built in massive audience from, mm. from solo to degree. I think mm-hmm. they didn't market the same way that they market other Star Wars films. They, they relied more on that. But I think with this one in particular, Everyone knows that this is coming. Everyone knows and wants to see the end of the Infinity Saga. And there's so much commitment. Like, the fact that Thanos is more or less a household name and the Snapture is something that is constantly referenced in in culture right now. Yeah. It's insane. Like, think about, like, like the Infinity Gauntlet story. How many people had actually even heard of Thanos, really? 
There right. was those couple off spots where our end credit scenes and all that, but mm-hmm. who knew who the hell this guy was? No, no, not a chance. And here we are. He's like one of the most, I'm going to say beloved in air quotes here, but yeah. most recognizable villains outside of, you know, your Batman villains. He's a yeah. sex symbol now. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, 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 he's like omnipresent across everything, right? Yeah. Everyone wants yeah. to know what happens. And like the snap, right? That's It's referenced everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I, I don't know if they have to do that same like same amount of of marketing. You, you're seeing now if you follow some of these actors, the A6 they call themselves on Instagram and that or Twitter, they're they're starting to really ramp up their press tour. So you're starting to yeah. see a lot of that. But I'm not seeing the tie-ins yet. I haven't seen those Dr Pepper cans oh, or yeah. whatever they are, uh, Coke cans or Pepsi. Coke I don't cans, know. yeah. Yeah. So we're not seeing all that just yet. And that right. might have been as of Sunday when all that's lifted and all that comes flooding to us. Mm-hmm. So right. it's a little different than the marketing that we usually see with Star Wars, which is extended over months as the film, as we build into the film. So maybe Disney realized they don't need to spend $100, $150 million to market this film because it's not yep. going to make a difference, right? No. And then that's Good it, point. right? Like they're already in the black with all this, right? Oh, yeah. Like they're judging by the pre sales and like all the sales for the opening weekend. And by how much Infinity War made, they're already golden. So well, it's all profit at this yeah, point. Yeah, right? right. They spent a billion dollars to make this this two these two movies, and here we go. Yeah, <laughs> the first one made two billion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the next one's gonna make four billion. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts. So a lot of excitement there, Troy. I agree with yeah. you that some of those scenes was like, whoa, why, why are yeah, we seeing man. this? And yes. right here, right now. But I think there's a lot of misdirect in that trailer too, though. For sure. Uh, if you you could, there's certain time cues that they've given you with with hair and facial hair and all that, mm-hmm. and if you watch closely enough to that trailer, you can see that most of the trailer likely still happens in the first half an hour. I don't think yes, they've exactly. gone beyond that. So yeah. if you look closely, you can get a bit better impression as to what's going on in the previous two trailers with some yeah, okay. of the scenes that seemed kind of plucked <clears throat> out of the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that being said, it's a three hour movie, and we've seen six minutes of it yeah. <laughs> it's all ruined now it's ruined, it's all ruined. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk a bit uh before we jump into star wars here and, and then into the batman stuff let's talk a little bit about a question that was thrown to us on twitter from steve emerson now this falls into the realm mm-hmm. of the mcu so we're going to take on the back of this endgame stuff because i think there's some implications for endgame for what we're going to talk about here so that's steve emerson formerly of tumbling Sarah's Tumbling Sabers, Journals of the Willing. So for those of you that listened over there, you'll recognize him from that. And he tossed this out to me, and I said, you know, like we did a couple weeks ago, I said, do you mind if we toss this around the table quick? Because I think it could be a fun thing to discuss. Mm-hmm. Now, he writes, what are your thoughts on how the MCU should add the X-Men? I would love if they went old school and just started with the OG team, Angel, Cyclops, Gene, Iceman, and the Beast, and then obviously adding more as they go. So his question really here is, how are they going to integrate the X-Men into the MCU? We know it's going to happen. That Disney deal is now closed. They are officially under the watchful eye of one Kevin Feige. Now, how do you think they should bring them in? And is there any way to shoehorn them in to Endgame or something like that? So I'm going to put that on the table. Sanjay, so I'm going to throw it to you All first. Right. So I got this crazy idea I just thought of. So what if, okay, so Thanos, half the people on the Earth, gone, right? So what if when he brings them back, there's something to do with their genetics where they've been brought back and now they have some sort of like mutation in them. So that way then when they, they have kids, so only like the half that have been gone, when they have kids, something with their half, because they've been gone, some sort of like space genetics or whatever, mutation causes them to then 
uh, their children, their offspring, become mutants. And that is the uh, that is how you get mutants in the MCU. I love it. Yeah, yeah. that's my yeah. Uh, that's my theory. Nice. I doubt it's gonna happen because then you'd have to like go way in the future to get like the X Men. But like maybe something like something like that. I don't know. But that's my uh, crazy harebrained theory. Okay, Troy, what do you think? Nice, nice. Uh, I, I like that one because that just kind of simplifies it. That just makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier without overcomplicating it, without doing too comic booky. Um, Mine's kind of rough. I think I'd kind of go the ultimate route, basically, which is you. Well, if, if my theory works out, which is Cap is going back in time, um, you have Cap go back in time. You have a little cool moment where you know you hear Logan say, "Hey, Bub," because they're old war mates. Um, yeah. That would kind of indicate the fact that Logan's been around for a long time, which he always has been. And in the Ultimate Universe, Logan was actually um, had the same kind of experiment that Captain America had, which was mm-hmm. the um, mm-hmm. Super, Super Soldier Serum, yeah. right? And that kind of like sparked the mutant gene that was already in Wolverine. It's kind of complicated, and I can't really get into it on a on a podcast. But you could just Google it and look up the origin of the mutants in the Ultimate Universe. But I think you could kind of go that route. So it shows that the mutants have been around for a very long time. It would get a little foggy with um, Magneto. I yeah. think he would be the only one you, that you'd have a problem with doing his origin. But I think you could kind of tie it in with Wolverine <clears throat> and seeing how we were already familiar to the Super Soldier Serum with Captain Marvel. There's some stuff that you can kind of play around with there. Um, that's, I guess, how I would do it Nice for the time being. Yeah, I kind of play around with that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm kind of going to look at a hybrid of both you guys because it seems that, so Troy, you're saying it's something established in the MCU. We just haven't mm-hmm. really seen it yet, which makes sense. Yeah. And that's very similar to like the Inhumans thing, right? Where it's like it's in yeah. you all the time and it just takes something to knock it out of you. Uh, yeah, the Terrigen Mist. Yeah, yeah. the Terrigen Mist, yeah. And then yeah. Sanjay, I like where your head's at with regards to it being a consequence mm-hmm. of Infinity War, of the Snapture. Right. And that's where my head's always been. But like you mentioned, Troy, that makes things like Magneto, Professor X, mm-hmm. and some of the older legacy characters, Wolverine again, Mm-hmm. that makes it hard for to work them into it all. So I'm wondering if there's some version of it where the Snapture acts as the mutant Terrigen Mist to really kick it all off. Oh. But we've had other mutants. So you can say Magneto was there, Professor mm-hmm. X and Logan and all that, but just very minimal. And then it's the Snapture that changes everything, changes, like you said, the genes or whatever, the DNA. Yeah. And we get this onslaught of of new mutants basically where you can have a younger team where you don't, they're not having the powers from birth, but it's awakened in them. And you can have this teenage team of original X-Men. Yeah. So I think, I think they're going to shoehorn somehow, not in Endgame. I don't think it's going to be any references to an Endgame personally. I think it's just, it's too fresh, but they're definitely going to use what's happened in the universe as some sort of cause and effect is going to be the mutants to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way to do it, to show consequences that the world, maybe it went back to the way we thought it was, but it never is going to be the same. Right. And so I really mm-hmm. like that idea of it. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they'll like go back to everything changes and they'll go back to Steve Rogers in like the thirties. And then maybe like he's radiating or something. And then like, he goes near someone and then his radiation goes on that person. And now she is like carrying the mutant gene. Like, I don't know, so man. There's so do. many, like, I don't think do. they're going to play too, too. Cause we know, or we, we theorize that there's going to be some tri- time travel in here. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to screw around with the timeline too, too much. They may screw around with really around infinity war mm-hmm. and forward, but I know we've seen set photos and all that. They can't 
screw around too much. They did. They spent ten years making this this whole universe, and they can't just go erase shit. <laughs> like it would, it would just. I, they're not gonna do it. Would like, you be I, pissed if they did? If they did it in a way that it unraveled all of these movies, yeah. and it was just like, hey, we're gonna pluck certain moments, and that changes anything. Yeah, I would be kind of pissed. Like, yeah, it's, it's, if they can make it work, then yeah, fine. If they're yeah. doing little things that are inconsequential to the overall narrative of the whole mcu that's fine like yeah i I don't care about that but i care about them going and saying well we're gonna pluck tony stark out of here Mm -hmm. and then he disappears and then civil war doesn't happen you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. and so they gotta be careful with that yeah as long as they don't like go like retconning things yes. basically mm-hmm. you know but i mean because the, the, the reason why i always go back to the cap things is if you think about cap was never meant to be there in the first place like cap in a sense is like the butterfly effect effect yeah. oh, yes, you know because I mean? yes. like, he's a man out of time he should have never been where he is so i think if you were to remove him or put him back i don't know we'll, we'll i guess we'll see but um i'm with you completely uh tim that the fact that is like i don't want them to like change things too much like, i don't want them to go back now and be like change captain marvel here or we're gonna change mm-hmm. Winter soldier here like don't really do that kind of stuff no, no you know what i mean no yeah like you can float around in the background of all this stuff yeah and yeah i'm cool with with kind of the back to the future thing where yeah. he's running around he can see himself on the stage playing guitar but his <laughs> idea is never interact with yourself right and don't change what happens you know how he has to run around there and make sure everything still happens and yeah you know he saves himself you know what i mean like yeah. he's got to do all that because if it doesn't, it ripples through the timeline. It changes everything, mm-hmm. and so I'm okay with them screwing around in the background. But man, they can't go stomping all over stuff. It, it just, <sighs> yeah. I don't think the Russos are smarter than that. Oh yeah, smarter than that. Yeah. This, this whole Marvel series is smarter than that. Mm-hmm. That they can't just go around and just have this like bouncing around playfully and you know doing little stuff it's gonna be fun to see them do stuff go back to incredible hulk and, yeah and be like oh banner you look a lot different <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah we're gonna we're gonna be spending a ton of time talking to Endgame here in the not too distant future like i said we got our tickets secured we're gonna yeah. be doing a huge review i'm gonna be have joined you guys in in second dad life so yeah it's, it's gonna be intense it's gonna be a lot of fun so i'm excited that we've taken that that first big step by getting into the month of April, now having the yeah. tickets, getting our hands on the merch, oh, it's, it's going to be incredible. And to keep this conversation going, we're going we're to shift gears a little bit, though, up until another highly anticipated film, and that's Star Wars Episode Nine. We are anticipating that we are going to get some form of trailer, title, posters, whatever here at Celebration, which is only a week and a half away, which is it's crazy to think about that we're finally going to start to see stuff. We still haven't seen anything officially from Lucasfilm from Episode Nine, but we're starting to see leaks onto the internet. Now, there's two things that were leaked. There's this character profile showing different characters with different names, and then there was this clipper poster. Now, the poster is what we're really going to focus in on here, and for those of you that are staying away from Episode Nine spoilers, my recommendation here would be jump about 10 minutes ahead. We're going to talk a little bit about this poster, see if we think it's real, and then dissect it just a tiny bit. We're not going to go into too much detail here because we're going to get a huge amount of detail in the next few days or the next few weeks. So we got this poster in front of us. Troy, you've had a good look at this thing. Yeah, man. We've got Kylo Ren. We've got some shaded red stormtroopers, Knights of Ren in here, a few different characters. We get a first look at what could be Carrie Russell's character here. We've got Naomi Aki up in the background here beside Chewbacca. We've got a very white 
looking Ray white as in her what she's wearing some odd looking creature a c-3po with a bandolier and a crossbow <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on this poster and first of all its legitimacy like is is this real do you think it's tough man some shots look right on the money and then others look yeah, off like you know when you look in the very back uh you get the classic looking like I don't know, Imperial Lair with, like, the lights and stuff. Yep. It's like, is that really meant to be there? Um, Rambo 3PO is, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that that me, that's, can't be real. That's That sticks out so hard. <laughs> yeah. It makes no yeah, sense. Like, yeah, yeah that, that can't be real. But I love the shot of Kylo Ren with the helmet. Yeah. Because um, we've heard rumors about the, the helmet being cracked with, like, the red kyber kind yes. of glowing. Ooh. That looks cool. Um we got um, Uncharted uh, Poe Dameron, too, yeah. which is something else. <laughs> Desert Poe. Uh, Desert Poe. <laughs> um, and and, and Ray, I mean, it looks it looks cool. Some of the shots are fine, but there's some things that just stick out that look false. But whether false or not, um, overall, I like the posters. My The biggest thing for, to me, actually, is the red stormtroopers at the bottom. Do you think Those they're red or are they dope. glowing from the lightsaber? <clears throat> Well, I, I thought they were red just because the design looks different. The one in the middle, that design so, looks different than any other stormtrooper. But it could be the glow of Kylo Ren. Yes, the way saber I, too. I originally looked at this, I was like, they're red, and then yeah. looking at it closer, I'm wondering if they're just white and the glow red. The glow. But the red was very much the last Jedi thing. Yeah. And I agree with you. The stormtrooper in the front. I can't tell. I was convinced up until about 20 <laughs> minutes ago that this was a different stormtrooper. It looks very much like a clone trooper almost. Kind of. With the, but I don't know if it's just what a stormtrooper looks I like when it's heads down. In the white. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. His head's kind of tilted. Yeah. yeah. Because we have the other clone, trooper, or clone troopers. Uh, we have the other stormtroopers uh, in the, the top, white. In the white, yeah. At the top. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because you're right. Um, that was very episode eight, right? Yeah. The red was the big thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is like Kylo Ren's 501st, you know, sweet. essentially. Like if this is kind of his order, which would be kind of cool. And then we got the Knights of Ren, which is yes. pretty pretty cool. They look, they look like the Knights of Ren. They yeah. sure do. You know, yeah. my opinion on this is that it has all of the right elements to be legit. And it looks like one of those ones that's available at Sunrise or Walmart. Mm -hmm. yes, it's not like exactly. an actual poster, right? Yeah. It's those ones that you get that are 36 by whatever, 27. It's not quite the right size. Exactly. They're an odd size and they're just yeah. usually clip art. And there are things in here that make sense. The Poe looks real, the Finn, the Ray, mm -hmm. the Kylo looks real. Yeah. Everything else to me looks funny. Even yeah. the way, does it, and this might be a question for our dude over at San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast, Steve Kirk there. The way he's holding his lightsaber is funny. He's never yeah, held it like that. It's off. Never. Yeah, that's like the Ahsoka grip. Yeah. The reverse grip that Ahsoka uses, and we've never seen Kylo Ren. Not even. Uh, no, I've never seen him use that. I don't think so. And like that, the no. way that, that cross saber, I don't know if that makes sense makes sense to hold it like that. It's like <laughs> it twists your wrist, and you're, you're, yeah. you're into your wrist there. Yeah, it, I, it looks the purpose cool. Of it. But yeah. it's it's it looks badass, but it just doesn't look right to me. So it looks no. I I was at first I was like yeah for sure this looks legit to me, and then mm. when I started to dissect it a little, it's even the Knights of Ren look kind of funny. Yeah, they don't look to me. They need to be more dynamically posed. Yeah, definitely. they kind of just look like they're standing there. The yeah. big kicker to me though 
it's the two guys that Finn is flanked by. This, this, yeah, like bandolier, like you said, Rambo, C three PO, and then this weird looking alien dude up in the corner. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. what this is. It doesn't look like someone that needs to be on a poster like this. No. So my my guess with all this is that <laughs> part of it's real, and the other part of it is made up to some degree. Yeah. Um, now, Mark Hamill threw some shade on this, saying, like, this is probably just the work of a really passionate fan. You know, it looks cool, but it's not real type thing. Right. And I'm kind of sitting there. Like, they've had some access to some reasonable clip art. And I wouldn't be surprised if Naomi Aki's and Carrie Russell's characters do look like this. Mm-hmm. But there's some funny things on here. So my professional podcast and opinion <laughs> is that it is fake-ish yeah <laughs> way to sit yeah. on the fence tim <laughs> well and we're missing like the core guys like if this is the end of the star wars saga or the, the skywalker saga like we have no luke we have no leia the absence of luke there. is a big one right right so that's kind of suspect right there and even when you look at um uh bb8 just yeah. floating there and the spaceships in the background it's it's just not put together properly no and yeah. I, there have been posters like this that go to Walmart and that. So yeah, the solo one. Remember the solo yeah. one? That kind of looked iffy at first, and it turned yeah. out to be real. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Any thoughts, man? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go on the side of caution and say I don't think it's real, mm-hmm. but it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's the first half legitimate thing that we've seen <laughs> from from episode nine. It's something. It's something. Yeah. Do we want to see C-3PO fight? Like, is that, yeah. like, is that a thing? Sure. It's, <laughs> you know, it smells like episode two. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like him yeah, getting yeah, yeah. dragged through the, the arena and all that. Right. <laughs> him with his head on the the battle droid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, he can't be kitted up like that. That can't be real. No. Like, why would he be no. wearing Chewbacca's bandolier and have his crossbow? It makes no sense. <laughs> Like that, that because when I look at that, I'm like, someone's made this, <laughs> and just to fully acknowledge the idea that it is proper fake, he threw yeah. that in there, or, or he or she threw that in there to be like, yeah. here guys, I made this, it's cool, but also here's a bandolier C3PO that makes zero sense. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no R2 on here either. No. So there's too many missing elements and a few subjects or very. I don't know if you looking things. So yeah, that's why I'm going to say fake ish. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's kind of cool to see though. It gives us something a little banter about with star Wars. Sure. We haven't seen a whole bunch, but it's been a while. We're going to get a ton, ton of stuff here in the oh, not yeah. too distant oh, future. Man. And with that being said, guys, let's close a chapter on star Wars for, for this week. We're going to like, we're gonna, it's going to be an onslaught mental amount of stuff. We're going to talk about soon, but we're going to get into DC here. We're going to get into, the anchor of this episode and that's talking about the best of batman now yeah. march 30th that was a couple days ago that was the 80th anniversary of the first appearance of probably and i'm gonna say probably the most or one of the most at least <laughs> kind of get off that commitment there a little bit iconic <laughs> superheroes ever you know put together by bill finger and bob kane the mm-hmm. two creators of batman the dark knight as he's become to known we first saw him in Detective Comics. Was it 27 or 29? I believe it was 27. 27, okay. 
And yeah, this year we celebrate that 80th anniversary and coming with it was this Detective Comics number 1000. Yeah. Now, I made a commitment last week that I was going to pick this up. I didn't get to the comic book shop. Oh, Timmy. <laughs> I apologize for that. But I'm assuming that at a minimum, Sanjay, <laughs> you did pick this up. I think you threw this up online. Yeah, for sure. I, I picked it up. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I did get the 1940s special edition cover. So they did this for Action Comics where every decade they draw the character in like how he was drawn in that era. Yeah. So the 1940s, you have Joker looking very Joker-esque, like back in the day. You have Batman, you have Robin. It's fantastic. Some of these, I, I had trouble deciding which cover to get because it's been so many decades. But this one, you know, even though I've never read a Batman comic in the 40s, I thought it looked pretty badass. So I, I went with this one. Nice. How, how about you, Troy? Which one did you get? Or did you oh, get man. one? I didn't even get a chance to get out there. I actually you guys are killing me out here. I know. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to get like yeah, DC you know, I got, someone I got, in here got, to hook me up. <laughs> I, 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 got, I got Detective Comics 99 or 999. I don't even have 1,000. I was so going to say, if I, you had 99, man, sell it. That's huge. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, I want to – there's one I saw on Twitter that had like a cool – maybe it's the one you're kind of talking about, Sanjay. is a 1940s look and there's a bunch of different Batman though. Oh, so I think that not. was the 60s or 50s. With like different like Batman and they're like one's like a like a mummy and one's like kind of yes. King Tut. Yeah, that one. Yes. Someone Robin's was a, there. Yeah, that one was yeah, great. That one was that's great. That's the one I want to get my hands on, man. Yeah, yes. probably not now, but it, it, it's a landmark issue, and I'm sure you guys are gonna get into it. But it's it is 96 pages long. Yeah, and it came with the cover price at like 12 or 14 bucks. Uh, 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Yeah, well, 10 bucks. Yeah. And then you gotta add the. Uh, yeah, US. The exchange, dollar. yeah. So 10 yeah. bucks US. So whatever it is in Canadian, 13, yeah. 14 bucks. So it's, it's got to be exciting. They got stories in there by Bendis, Jeff Johns, Warren Ellis, yeah. Tom King. So, you know, they're bringing in some of the greats here. Kevin Smith was Kevin even, Smith? Yeah, oh, dude, he nice. wrote one. Nice. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Like I said, I haven't read a ton of Batman comic books. But with that landmark issue, you know, we're, we will get into it at some point, not in the not-too-distant future. But what we're going to do for this 80th anniversary celebration of Batman is, like we said, we're going to talk the best of Batman. We're going to talk about the best comic, the best villains, the best live action, the best Batmobile, and then cap it all off with our top five live action Batman films. Just kind of do run it. down a list. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting here. Now, the first thing that I'm going to turn to, guys, is the best Batman comic. Now, I'm going to rely on both of your knowledge <laughs> because I haven't read a ton of Batman. I've read The Killing Joke. I've read Court of Owls. Nice, and nice. I've read The Dark Knight as well. Dark Knight Returns? Dark Knight Returns, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My apologies. No, no. Now I sound like a real amateur. <laughs> so I, I have read those books, and I liked each one of those. You know, yeah. two of the three of them were kind of standalone books. Mm -hmm. And The Killing Joke is something that I always come back to. It's a very twisted book, yeah. and it's not so much a Batman book as it is a Joker book to a degree. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, so I, And I love the Court of Owls stuff. Yeah, oh, fantastic. It, it, it's something else. I, you, one of you guys gave me that book years ago. He yeah. said, just read this. And yeah. I got through it. And I've actually paged through it a few times and really enjoyed that. But for you guys, two guys that read DC, read Batman, what is the best Batman? Our comic, whatever. Single <laughs> issue, doesn't matter. And yeah. let's let's say we're not gonna hold you to this. Yeah. <laughs> we don't I don't I don't want to put this on the internet forever, but yeah. Right now, what are you thinking, Sanjay? What's the best Batman comic arc, whatever? Well, you know, I was thinking about this uh, long and hard. But what is the best Batman comic? And it's so hard because, in my opinion, 
Batman has the most like iconic stories. Like he has so many great graphic novels, so many great runs that it's incredible. Like I, no other character in comics history, in my opinion, is maybe easier to write because it seems like everybody that touches Batman gives you something iconic. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, you mentioned Court of Owls. That was the first Batman comic I ever read. Loved it. Fantastic. Dark Knight Returns. Like, of course, Frank Miller reinvents the character. We go from Adam West Batman to Tim Burton's Batman, kind of. You know, like, we get the more serious Batman. But I'm going to go Batman the Long Halloween. Now, this one here is fantastic. And I was like, do I own this? I was just thinking about it. I was like, do I own this? I own so many. I don't know if I do. But if not, I got to pick this up tomorrow. So basically, the story is it makes Calendar Man cool. It, was this when was this? I believe this was eighties or nineties. And I think it's nineties, uh, early nineties, isn't it? I think it's uh Jeff Loeb. Who okay, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got the uh, DC Essentials graphic novel book out here because like I had to do some like real research for this to be like, <laughs> which one is? Um it doesn't say, but it is uh Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. So nice. Whenever they were doing comics. Um so this is uh, another one like Batman. Um every holiday people are getting killed. And so Batman, you know, has to go and he really brings him back to his detective roots. And it's the art is fantastic. And it kind of like grounds the character. You know, he's not out there in space fighting like dinosaurs and stuff like that. Uh, And and the villains are all like, you know, there's like the crime family involved and stuff like that. So, you know, Batman the Long Halloween for me is definitely up there. But I mean, like, it's so hard to choose because, I mean, as I said, the Court of Owls. Well, it's, it's such a fluid list, right? Yeah. You're going to be bouncing yeah. all. There's so many good stories. Even, yeah. Like, I've heard good things about. Is is Hush any good? Hush, Hush is, is fantastic. Good. Hush is great. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Yeah. And the art there yeah. is probably the best oh, Batman Jim art. Lee. Yeah. Jim Lee at his yeah. prime. Yeah. What yeah, do you say, man. Troy? Oh, it's tough. You know, I've been, since this podcast has started, I've always been praising the work of Scott Snyder's. Um, Court of Owls. That's yes, that's my bread and butter. What I when I recommend anyone to get into Batman, it's Court of Owls. You have Batman in his prime, in his peak. At least he, the character feels that he is, but he gets brought down a whole other level going through the course of that book. Um, there's there's new villains that we're introduced to that are, are that are just fantastic that still remain in the mythos of Batman right now, and I've already been adapted already in like shows like Gotham, and we'll most likely get them in a movie. That's how much of a standout these villains were um another one too i always like to go to is batman zero hour again by scott snyder i thought that was a really cool take on the year one kind of batman yeah where riddler is basically just has gotham hostage and it's only batman and commissioner gordon that are standing in the way between the riddler and the city it's it's so cool you get this very rugged batman with like a bow and arrow max <laughs> so uh, badass max, yeah yeah it's it's very um mad max Mad Max, sorry, yeah. very Mad Max-like. And um, the Riddler, I think that's one of the best stories we've had of the Riddler, next to um, the Jokes and Riddles, the one by Tom King. Love that's another that. good one. Yeah, Tom King is Oh, yeah, well. man. Yeah. I've heard good things. It's, yeah. it's so good. It's so good. And then, and then Year One. I, I really like Year One. I think it's a very nice yeah. origin story for the character. Yeah. So was, any of those three for me, man. And that was a modernization of his story, correct? It's the first time we really got an origin okay. of his story. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, by Frank Miller, again, when he was in his heyday, before he gave us all-star Batman Robin. (laughs) (laughs) We all make mistakes, okay? (laughs) Now, now, Troy, you mentioned the villains taking a prominent role in in Batman comic books. You Mm -hmm. look at the killing joke. You look at really any book. There is a, a villain in there that holds a specific place 
in kind of the mythos of Batman. And his rogues gallery is probably the best in comics, period. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Some of the most adaptable, screen adaptable characters as well. Yeah. You know, in, in the most sense, fairly grounded. Like, there's some odd kind of weird ones. But for the most part, relatively grounded characters that really focus on different elements of Batman. Now, whether that's the physicality from Bane, the the mental work from Scarecrow and Joker and Riddler and all that. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot in play there and a lot of depth given to these villains here. So what we're going to talk about here now is the best of Batman villains. We're going to do our top five villains. But before we get into that, we had a nice little news story drop today. Yeah. In reference to one of the Batman villains that will be the first villain to headline a wide release film. And that is the Joker. What about Catwoman? Oh, true. <laughs> well, that one was properly placed at the back of my head. But For good reason. Technically, you are right. <laughs> so the second Batman. The first villain, good one. Yes. They, this is coming from Todd Phillips, director yeah. of The Hangover. We've talked about this in the past and watched this nicely progress mm -hmm. from a film that people are like, how are they going to do this? How does this tie in to, we don't give a shit how it ties in. <laughs> this thing looks awesome. Yeah. They've cast Joaquin Phoenix in the obscure role of, of Joker, Joker, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And they've given him apparently free reign to do whatever he wants and give him Todd Phillips a lot of leash here to produce a film that is likely to be some form of a standalone. Mm -hmm. This week, we got our first poster and as of Wednesday, we record here on Tuesday, we're going to get our first look, our first trailer at the Joker. So my prediction is, is that we're going to still be loving this thing after this trailer. Oh, yeah. But this first poster, <clears throat> Troy, you had some, some high praise for it. Oh, yeah, man. This the, the marketing for this film, I think, has been... Well, I don't know about the marketing, but from the art that we've seen, the promotional art that we've seen for this movie is totally won me over. Because I was one of the people that's like, a Joker movie? Really? Like, you guys <laughs> totally bombed the um, Jared Leto joker <laughs> the, the last thing i want right now is another joker movie uh standalone or not but what they're doing here is it's very graphic novel like where it's just its own mm -hmm. it's, it's in its uh elseworld place yeah. and has nothing to do with the rest of the dcu films and you have someone like walking phoenix playing this character like that's such like fan casting like who wouldn't want to see this character this actor play the joker and he's going to take it seriously obviously because he he never really phones it in Absolutely. this actor yeah but man this poster was crazy it was so <laughs> different because like, it's not like these regular like photoshopped heads that we see much yeah. like the the star wars poster yeah. we were just well, talking about right for that it, it, exactly this is just <laughs> something that was just captured and then they just put a little bit of font over it put a nice little shader over it and they're done with it it looks so cool and i cannot wait to get invested in this character of the Joker. I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. It's great. No, I'm right there with you, Troy. You know, the big thing for me is people, a lot of DC fans even were saying, you had Aquaman, it was more lighthearted. You had Shazam, it's more lighthearted. Oh, my God, DC's going to become this lighthearted, um, you know, movie company. And then you show this movie poster and you got, like, the blood on his chin. He's yeah. laughing right there instantly. You know, this thing's probably going to be rated R. If not, it'll push the limit for sure. Yeah. And you know that, you know, this thing is going to be insane it's going to be intense and um you know dc has really said uh david sandberg the director shazam said you know every character in dc has their own like tone set to it you can't do like a grim dark gritty shazam movie no but you, you know you can for the joker and hopefully you know they do and just judging by this poster whew, 
I'm sold. Like, I want to get the poster, but I think, like, it might scare my daughter a little bit. So it's going to be one of those ones that I purchased and then don't put up for, like, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah guys, I'm right there with you. You know, the the tagline here, Joker, put on a happy face. Oh, yes. It, it's it's this kind of going to be this weird mix of this yeah. tragedy, yep. odd comedy the tone of it is going to be something kind of genre bending when it comes yeah. to comic book films. I'm right there with you. The simplicity yeah. of this poster yeah. is what is important here, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just, ah, I agree with you guys. It's very captivating with so yeah. little there. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to what this trailer is going to produce because it's got to it's pull on the same tone. Oh, yeah. Because even yeah. the reveal of the makeup, had that same vibe to yes, it, right? Like absolutely. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. here we are a couple months later, and we're building into an October release of this thing, and we're here, we're going to see the first trailer. It's going to it's gonna be oh, something man. really, really cool to watch. Do you think they should have released it on April Fool's, given that it is the Joker, and pe- maybe pe- maybe they thought people wouldn't take it seriously? I think, yeah, anything released then, no one takes it seriously. Yeah, but no. I mean, just yeah. imagine with the Joker and stuff, like the hype it would have built. Maybe they want to, like, let uh end game ticket sell because like that yes. thing dwarfs everything and yeah. then like brick come out with it so <sighs> yeah, yeah. there's something really interesting in this poster too and i don't think it's on purpose but i just i just picked up on it which is so cool because when you watch um the mark hamill joker in the original batman cartoons yeah um i think when they went into like their second volume when it's like the adventures of batman and robin they changed the animation of joker a little bit right right and joker's eyes are like piercing black and his pupils are like white and if you look at this photo here, like this character, like you get that sense of like oh, yeah. there's madness behind this character's eyes. Mm-hmm. And it just it just reminds me of that Joker from the animated, um, the second animated Batman, Adventures of Batman Robin. Good catch. Good so, catch. Yeah. Yeah. It just ah, I, I love this poster so much. I mean, it, it's crazy that we talk about um, like Batman. There's multiple great performances of Batman. Yeah. There's multiple great performances of Joker. Yeah. And like yeah. when is the last time a villain has had that? Never. Never, Never. right? Yeah. Like, you could talk about, yeah. like, Jack Nicholson could be your Joker. You just mentioned Mark Hamill could be yeah. your Joker. Hopefully, Joaquin Phoenix could be someone's Joker. But, of course, I mean, Heath Ledger is yeah. a lot of people's Joker. I mean, that's crazy. It's four iconic performances yeah. for a one. villain. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> From the Oscar-winning Suicide C- Cesar Romero? Yeah, he was pretty great, too. He was also he was iconic. Good. Yeah, he was of course. Good. Yeah, yeah. White mustache. He was so <laughs> late. He didn't even shave it off. Talk about someone that wouldn't shave their mustache. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So, that being said, guys, let's let's count down. We're just going to roundtable this, maybe. Sure. Let's get on our top five Batman villains. There's a lot to choose from here. Everyone yeah. from Bane, Mr. Freeze, to Killer Croc, and King Tut. Ooh, <laughs> King Tut's pretty good. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Sanjay, number five. Uh, number five for me, I'm going to go with the Riddler. Nice. Yeah, I love Jim Carrey's performance as a kid. As an adult now, yeah, it doesn't really hold up, but I still have a sort of nostalgic feel. And, of course, Troy, you mentioned Batman uh, Zero Year. And yes. the War of Jokes and Riddles. So um, Snyder really used Riddler a bunch and, you know, really upped his uh, intelligence. He's a, def- he's a good opponent now. So Riddler's number five. Nice. Troy, my man. Yeah, man. I- I'm right there with you. Riddler would be my number five spot. Nice. Uh, again, just with the impact of what I read with uh, Zero Year mm-hmm. and, again, with Tom King's writing. 
I've like what they've done with the character recently. So he's pretty cool. And yeah, and Jim Carrey kind of has a little spot for me too back in the <laughs> there. You know, there's something else. There's so much hype behind that character, that actor playing uh, the Riddler. So yeah, I'll go with him. Number well, what's five. his name from X Men? Uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, he wants to play the Riddler. Oof. He said. I like it. Yeah. Oh. That's a character, okay. and you'll hear from the Riddler here on my list in uh, in a few. But he's a character that I'm dying for them to adapt in this new Dark Knight or post Dark Knight Batman yeah. world. Yeah. He needs to. He needs to be there for yeah. sure. So remember, we had those rumors for the longest time yes. with DiCaprio. Yeah. Like people were losing their minds. How oh, cool that would have yeah. been. Oh, yeah. Been so good. Yeah. Like I always picture like the Riddler's Irish, right? Like he has like Irish roots, I think, because of like the red hair and stuff. They should get Conor McGregor to play him. Oh, yeah. He just retired, so he's free. I mean, he's a little bit buffer than the Riddler is in the comics, but... Uh... But I agree with the... I think Nolan had said at one point, or someone said at one point, that they didn't use the Riddler because he was too similar to the Joker. Oh, yeah. Sense. And yeah. it didn't, like... Because the way that Nolan built his trilogy with the Scarecrow, then the Joker, yeah. and then Bane, it was all testing testing different elements of, of Batman. Yeah. Oh. Physical ways, and right? mental, yeah. and then Joker's awesome. just chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't That's know. Smart. I can't remember what the difference between the Scarecrow and the... <laughs> But someone's put that together that it yeah. makes sense. Um, oh, totally. For me, number five is Mr. Freeze, particularly the nice. animated series, Mr. Freeze. Absolutely. Nice. I grew up in the animated series. Even that weird, uh, what's his name? Arnold. <laughs> Arnold. It's <laughs> dumb as shit. <laughs> it, it, I was right in that space yeah. where it, I was the target, like the very minimal yeah. crowd that they're shooting for. I was in that. Buying all the toys? <laughs> yes. To- so toyetic. But yeah, yeah, Mr. Freeze in that animated series. And if I'm not mistaken, they took a lot of liberties with that character in the animated series, correct? And now they've retconned that back into the comics? Yeah. It's like my understanding is I don't, I never read Freeze before the animated series, but he was kind of like Captain Cold, just a guy with a freeze yeah. ray like i think he's in the uh, 66 tv show oh is he and that's what he is he's just a guy with like okay. a freeze ray and so it was uh, paul dini who actually came up with the concept to change it with that tragic heart of ice episode yeah. i think it won an emmy even yes i think you guys yeah that before. i mean well, just, that one and the robin the robin episode yeah, yeah just yeah. fantastic episode like talk about like giving liberties and like redefining a character like mr freeze was like a nobody a nothing and he makes your list. He's gonna make my list too. Spoiler alert! And uh, he was in a like a big budget movie. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the best one, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four, Sanjay. Uh, right there with you, Mister Freeze is number four for me. Nice, nice to you. Uh, I go Catwoman. Catwoman. Oh, I think that's that's the that's the one that's uh, everybody knows it's a villain of Batman's, but it's the one villain that Batman really can't put down. He has yeah. that soft spot. He nearly married the character. Spoilers, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I go with Catwoman and uh, shout out to my boy Grabs. You know what's up? Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is the For best sure. Catwoman <laughs> yeah. of all time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. All right. Yeah. My number four is Bane. Oh, nice. Now this nice. is nice. <laughs> I, I love this character from the Dark Knight Rise. Yeah, I know he sometimes takes takes a bit of heat, but to me that movie, I, I really really enjoy it. And I really love what Tom Hardy did with that character. Right there with you, the stuff from before, and I've never read him in comic books, so yeah. I don't have that background. But so this is solely based off of that film. Yeah, I love that the big pop color, the yeah. whole film based around what he does there. Yeah, fantastic. That's why he makes my list is purely because of the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should check out, I think it's Tom King who did I Am Bane. Yeah. Where it's like him and his island of Santa Prisca. Because in the oh. comics, was 
That's it's a good one. Sorry. I oh, just, sorry. I was like, shit, I did I screw that. something up? <laughs> no, he said no, it. I, I was like, did I mispronounce one. something? Oh, no, my cred's going. Uh, <laughs> oh, keep going, man. Keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's cool. It's like uh, Batman's there, and there's like Suicide Squad's involved, and then there's like a scene where Batman's fighting Bane, and Bane's naked, and it, it just works. Like, it sounds weird, but it works, and Bane's amazing. Um, but yeah, he's more like the luchador in the comics and yeah. in the movie, not a, like a little bit of similarities, but they kind of like tried to meld them together. Cause I remember after that movie came out, I think it was forever evil. Bane had like the, uh, the jacket nice. on from the dark Knight rises. So yeah. I like that jacket. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number three, uh, I'm going not just one villain, but like a team of villains, the court of owls. Oof. Yeah, nice. fairly new. The newest one on here. I mean, when you read comics, there's so few new characters that stick out for you. And the Court of Owls, I mean, that's one of the best villains of all time. Like the secret society who's secretly running Gotham and they all wear like those creepy yeah, those owl masks. masks. Yeah, yeah, something out of like Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Um, just super creepy. And that's something, you know, we I've been banging the drum. Like Matt Reeves, I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> make them the villain of the new batman film because that is just a way to stand out from anything that's come before you so yeah court of owls number three nice uh number three for me i go with um Razo Ghoul, man. Razo Ghoul, I think, is just nice one. Yeah, he's, he's he's fantastic. What uh Christopher Nolan did with him in Batman Begins is incredible. Great casting too with um Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, he's great. He's even cool in Arrow. I like what they did with him. But I've always been a fan of him. The cartoons. I like the the, the family history. Uh, Talia Ghul. All, all the backstory to that character. I think is fantastic. So, yeah, I go with Roz for me. Yeah, it's, it's, he's a pretty powerful character. Not knowing him too, too much before mm-hmm. Batman Begins. But seeing his presence as being more... Then I like because I didn't know the character before that, and so I thought, oh, this is kind of a weird character to have in here. But yeah, the enlightenment that I got after that about how kind of present he is through through Batman's story is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. All right, uh, my number three is Riddler. Nice. nice, love this character, Jim Carrey, of course, right in the wheelhouse for me. Yeah. But my my thoughts are, I've always liked the potential of this character. Mm-hmm. Now again, not having read a lot of them, but <laughs> what he could be in the films and this whole idea about putting together riddles and all that and yeah. being kind of that demented twisted person that is always on the brink of being caught by kind of giving Batman the, the clues and to the best detective in the world. Yeah. And so I've always thought it was kind of a cool character and one that I, that's probably the character I want adapted most in, to some degree in a Batman film, you know, outside of the quarter owl stuff. Nice. Uh, did you see that one animated episode where Riddler goes good? It's like near the end of the series run so Riddler goes good, and instead of like making all these clues and riddles for Batman to like solve his crimes, he makes board games. Interesting. And he's huh? quite successful at it. That. Yeah, it's one of like the late last episodes, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that okay. one. Okay, okay. Number two for you. Uh, number two, I am Bane. That's my uh, horrible Bane voice, but uh, yeah, I mean, what what else can be said about Bane? Uh, I kind of got into reading comics and like learn, not really reading, but like knowing about their existence in the nineties. And of course, everyone was talking about the man that broke the bat, just with like the backbreaker. Just he comes on the scene. People were like, who is this guy? He's got like the tank top. Like he looks like a wrestler from WWF and he's got like the hairy chest, like, and he just <laughs> bangs Batman's back and just destroys him. And, you know, I mean, people don't give credit. Like Bane is his physical threat, but he was the one who like discovered, okay, Bruce Wayne is Batman. He's the one who went into Arkham, released all the uh, prisoners. So Batman had to go round him up. 
and then he breaks into the Batcave. Batman's exhausted. I think he's sick at the time too. He comes home to the Batcave just wanting to relax. And then there's Bane who just takes him out because Batman has nothing left. It's just an amazing, amazing arc. Oh, man. Uh, Bane's number two for me. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Number two, I go with uh, Mr. Freeze. I, I, I love that character. I think Mr. Freeze is fantastic. He's been great through and through except for Arnold. I think that is a downtime <laughs> for the character. But um, one of my favorite moments, too, is just being a gamer is uh, Batman Arkham or, or Arkham City. Mm-hmm. And you get to fight Mr. Freeze, which is nice. a it's a fantastic fight. But uh, one of the things I've always liked is when Batman's kind of had to lean on Mr. Freeze and actually needs his help in the expertise of like some sort of science. I've always found the relationship interesting. To um, cure McGregor syndrome and Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. And he's the tragic hero. I know. I, well, not hero. Tragic villain. I know. Yeah. Before his origin is was basically, you know, his wife was uh, killed and he kept her frozen. I think in Rebirth, where it's like been obsessed with a woman this whole time, and I guess they've kind of retconned that that story. So I'm not too sure what's going on with that now. But uh, Mr. Freeze for me takes the cake as number two. I, no. I saw a fantastic fan cast was Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart as Mr. Freeze. Nah. Mm. Oh man. It's a bit old now. Because... Yeah, a bit old now. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek days, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Star yeah, Trek days, days for sure, actually. Yeah. 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 Could have worked. Yeah. Could have worked. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Number two for me is Two Face. Oh, and nice. he's number two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> you know, my my enjoyment of Two Face goes all the way back to the animated series, Nighty animated series, when he had the teal side <laughs> face, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. remember getting that action figure. I still yes. have it buried somewhere. Nice, me too. And I love that action figure. I love the character. And then what Nolan did with them yeah. in The Dark Knight. Oh, oh. Aaron Eckhart look. in that role was yeah. incredible yeah. to turn the twist in there. It, it's, it's done super well. I was actually upset they didn't keep him. Right? right for something yeah. else yeah and yeah. it's it's so well executed in there so yeah two-faced for me even tommy lee jones yeah he was a bit <laughs> bit crazy yeah but that was that jim carrey tommy lee jones like really mental film yeah what was that batman forever batman right? forever yeah. Yeah. yeah it was off the charts but well, like they cut all the serious stuff out like but when but what year did that come out 97 95 i think five yeah. 95 yeah, yeah. Still 10 years old right like, yeah that was on. the shit when you're 10 years old like oh my god and like you gotta remember kids like back then we didn't get comic book movies like we're getting three no. in two months we also didn't get the caliber of course yeah <laughs> either were you guys yeah. a fan of the billy d williams um two-face oh yes i would have done yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I was so disappointed that like well not at the time because i was like five but like that he didn't carry on in the thread and become two-face in batman forever oh yeah yeah yeah, but he did play Two Face in um, Batman Lego. Oh, he did. Lego yeah. 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 comeback. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. All right, number one. Who's the best? I villain? wonder who it's gonna be. Obviously, it's the Joker. Yeah. I mean, come on, we've been banging the drum on the Joker all day long. He's uh, he's the best villain in my opinion in all of comics. He's he's the only one to get his own movie, as Tim said, the only good one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, of course, the Joker's number one. I mean, what else can you say? He's the he's the clown prince of crime. You know, anything from, um, uh, what's his name? Jack Nicholson. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. Yeah. Even, okay, even Jared Leto's Joker, I didn't I didn't dig the look, but I felt <laughs> like if he had more to do, and stay tuned, because he posted something on Instagram of just a picture of a clown. Release the Leto cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe he's going to make an appearance in Birds of Prey. Maybe we'll see. Troy, are you are yeah. you aligning there? Is Joker your number one? 
Yeah, yeah, Joker is a tough one between Joker and uh, Deathstroke. So sorry, Slade Wilson. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Joker. Obviously, um, you know what can I say? The original Red Hood. Um, oh yeah. Heath Ledger. What this? Ah, jo- yeah. Joker. Joker is fantastic. He's been great in the whole Arkham series as well. Uh, Mark Hamill has been the voice in my head forever as so Joker. So creepy. Yeah. No, it's, it's fantastic. He's he's great. He's great. So, uh, yeah. I mean, what more can you say? It's Joker. Exactly. And, and again, Tom King has been handling that character pretty cool too. When he when he gets a chance to write him, mm-hmm. I love what he does with him. So, yeah. Yeah, right there with you guys. Not much more can be said about that Joker from Cesar Romero from Batman '66. Watching in my cottage when I was a kid. <laughs> All the way up to yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah, this this is crazy. And yeah, we're getting this movie in October, October fourth and fifth, I believe. Yes. Oh. Next level. Yeah, Joker for sure tops that list. Now. Let's move on to the Batman himself. This character has been played, and we're talking live action here, by a big eclectic group of of actors. From Lewis Wilson way back in the day, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Bale, of course, and our final Batman up until we get the Matt Reeves, I don't know what we call reboot or next installment whatever you want to call that (laughs) we have ben affleck yeah (laughs) now who is in your opinion the best live action batman sanjay uh i'm a bale guy bale yeah bale came out you know batman begins came out right when i was like kind of uh getting into comic books and just like taking more interest in them and to me he's been in the best movies um, I love the look. I love everything he brought to the role. His Bruce Wayne is phenomenal. Um, yeah, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Okay, okay. I yeah. see that now. Troy is best live you, action. Yeah, best live action oh. Batman. Yeah, hands down, the man himself, Ben Affleck. Man, Ooh, when nice. we're Ben Affleck all day for me. When it comes to the physicality of the yeah. character, oh yeah, um, the portrayal of the face, the jawline, the acting chops. I think he nailed it. Um, what he's done the best out of any other Batman is he wears the Bruce Wayne as the mask as opposed yeah. to the other way around, right? Yeah. So all these other characters, like Christian Bale had a good moment. There's a good moment, I think it's in Dark Knight, or no, Batman begins with Christian Bale. Um, he really becomes the playboy Bruce Wayne where he pretends to be drunk and he kicks everybody out of the house and tells them all, you know, get out, get yeah. out. And, you know, I mean, I, I like that kind of acting uh, chops that he did in that movie. But for me, pound for pound, BVS, when you watch what Ben Affleck put his body through, the yeah. transformation, man, it was it was awesome. I believe that guy, that individual could go toe to toe with Superman. You know what I mean? Like, I believe that guy could kill and beat Superman. Yeah, like Christian oh, Bale's man, Batman doesn't work yeah. outside of just the Batman-verse. Like, you can't pluck yes. the Nolan-verse Batman and place him into the DCEU. Yeah. It just isn't believable. No. no. It's funny because the, the Bale Batman reminds me a lot of Daredevil from the Netflix ah. series. Or maybe it's vice versa. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, he kind of has the suits. He's going out and get the shit kicked at him all the time. Yeah. You know, he's always grinding away there. Comes back, he's full of bruises, broken bones, whatever, but he just keeps going. Where Affleck was like that next level Batman. Oh, he was fierce. Yeah, and didn't have that same, I, I don't know what it was, but I agree with you. Kind of the physicality of it was very different. And I like your point too, Troy, about wearing the mask as as Bruce Wayne. Because mm-hmm. we're kind of balancing things out here. When we say Batman, I'm assuming that we're taking into consideration also the character that's being Bruce Wayne as well. Because that's, yeah, that's yeah. an important piece of it all, for right? For sure, for sure. And, you know, I as much as I want to get nuts with uh, <laughs> with Michael Keaton Michael here, Keaton. you know, yeah. he, he, he's a decent Batman. He's great. 
Um, yeah. His Bruce Wayne was decent too, but I'm going to be a Bill guy as well. Yeah. Um, the, these movies yeah. Were, were transformative for that character, I think, for that universe, for actually all comic book film. Mm-hmm. And Bale being the lead of that, I think he was perfect. I loved his Wayne. I loved his Batman. But he's kind of, yeah, that more Daredevil to me. I don't, I'm don't. i just thinking about that when you said that. It makes a lot of sense where he's always getting the crap kicked out of him, but yeah. always coming back for more. He's gr- it's so good. I, lo- I love Bale in that role. What do you think of the Bale voice? I liked it. It's kind. It's iconic it now, right? Yeah, I'm Batman. You know, like, right? He's not gonna just say like I'm Batman. No, it's, it's nice. You know, <laughs> now of all of the live action that we've seen from Batman, mm-hmm. who has the best suit? So, Bale is is the best Batman for you and me, Sanjay. Yeah. Affleck for you. But who had the best suit? When you look across this, there's everything from the Clooney sonar suit yeah. to the armored suit to, to Bale's kind of more adapted, more grounded suit. Yeah. Sanjay, for you, what is the best Batman suit that's been put to screen? My favorite is the Affleck um, metal suit. Yeah. Like the robot suit where he fights Superman. Yeah, the armored suit. The yeah. armored suit. is like ripped right out of the pages from Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. It's fantastic. It's my favorite one. Even though there's, I, I don't think there's a bat symbol on it, but man, with the bat ears and it's all metal and it's like, oh, it's phenomenal. It, that's number one for me. Nice. Yeah. What are you thinking, yeah. Troy? Uh, uh, yeah, I go with uh, Ben Affleck's BVS original costume. Uh, nice. the, the cow's dope. It's the short ears. It's the right hue for the gray. It's not too dark. It's not too light. The bat emblem is huge, which is how it should be. It's very Frank Miller-like, yeah. but also has a touch of like the new Tom King run. Sometimes I can't remember the artist, but sometimes the artist draws the character very much like the uh, Ben Affleck Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the belt looks good. Like everything to me is like comic accurate to the T with this costume. I, I That's why I need that hot toy. That's just <laughs> why I need that hot toy or that costume. I yeah. think uh, Tom King's a big fan of Be- uh, Ben Affleck's Batman nice he seems yeah. like it like the way he writes him and like i remember i made a tweet about that and he actually liked it so i he is nice he is a big batfleck fan yeah i believe so because i've seen it in the art though i can't remember the artist but i've seen it a couple times i think it's actually even during that run that you mentioned with uh i am bane and if yeah. you look at that batman <laughs> it looks just like the christian or looks just like the affleck batman nice yeah, yeah. i'm right there with you i try i like this uh gray black affleck suit you know, as much as I like the practicality of the Bale stuff, yeah. this one sticks out to me as being more iconic. I love the look yeah. of it. I've made fun of it in the past saying it kind of looks like paper mache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, with like a kind of like a weird grate on top of it. But yeah, I think it I think it looks the best on screen. And mm-hmm. when we're in that warehouse yeah. scene, he's and he's oh. just going to oh, town. Yeah. Whew. Yes, I, I have my issues with Batman versus Superman. <laughs> it's not the Batman end of things. Yeah. That right. I have issues yeah. with, right? He's right. got yeah. some fantastic scenes. The suits look great. Even the nightmare scene suit is pretty cool. That's yeah, that's pretty decent. Yeah, it's it's something different. I like the goggles yeah. and all that. Yeah. Weird scene, but cool suit. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the most iconic things to go with Batman is his ride. Yeah, you know, you can't have yeah. Batman without the Batmobile, and we've seen so many different iterations of this from comic books right through to film to the animated universe to the video games troy now yeah. what is your favorite batmobile troy is it, is it from the arkham games is it nolan stuff what do you think going back to 66 like what's 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 the top of your head there it's crazy when i'm looking at all these things I'm like man i had a lot of these toys like i had the 66 <laughs> toy i had the the animated series i had all of the um, the 95, 97 Tim Burton verse stuff. But I think for me, I lean towards, uh, it's the 92 
it's between the 92 and the 95 uh, Batman or yeah. the Batmobile. So nice. when I say 92, I'm looking at the animated yes. uh, Batman vehicle, which is just dope. It's so sleek. Like you yeah. could drive that today and uh, heads would turn, man. I mean, <laughs> <look at> that. <laughs> it's awesome. But then the 95 Batman, to me, I had that toy. It would light up. You put the batteries in and all the neon blue would light up in the engines. <laughs> so um, and the rims with the bat emblems on there. Like, oh, man, that's tough. So sick. So, yeah. It's between those two, man. Awesome, yeah. awesome. I'm going to go uh, 89, back to the 80s. Nice. I love the original, yes. like, first Batman from Tim Burton. The yeah. uh, Batmobile there. With, like, I actually had the figure, too, uh, like, the little uh, play set. I actually still have it. I gave it to my daughter, and she plays with it. I don't know if it's worth a million dollars now. Probably not, yeah. but uh, she <laughs> plays with it, has a lot of fun, and has, it's something iconic about that, so I'm going with that one. Yeah. Is, is that the Bat... Oh, sorry, was that the Batman that had the, the belt buckle that would, like, come off, like, the toy? That one with that vehicle? Oh. His uh, belt buckle would like attach to things. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I just had the vehicle. Um, it was my older brother's. And so I kind of oh, okay. like stole it from him and never gave it back. <laughs> gotcha. So maybe he had that. But uh, I think maybe. Yeah. It sounds familiar. We'll, we'll say yeah. Gotcha. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the 89 one does hold a special place in my heart as does the animated series. I remember having the, I think it was actually from batman returns it was the same batmobile i believe but it had the yellow button on top that you push oh, and the yeah. sides would come off yeah, yeah. and it would make it that really thin narrow one. Oh yeah to get yeah. through the alley yeah to get yeah. through the alley so i did have that that batmobile i remember playing with it i have no idea where it is now <laughs> <laughs> but i'm actually gonna go all the way back to 1966 nice that batmobile Sweet. for me is the iconic is the batmobile nice man i I mentioned before i remember watching this with my cousins at our cottage and it's when i see that that red and black bat and the way they hop into it yeah oh it's it's so iconic and so good like yeah the other ones are fantastic and realistically the 89 batman i think probably captures batman the best as far as the batmobile goes right but to me when i think batmobile it's a 66 one for sure i would yeah. love to hop in that and get a picture someday oh that'd be fantastic oh, it's so awesome. i'd be there right by your side in my robin outfit yeah <laughs> <laughs> little tight shorts there yeah <laughs> awesome all right guys to wrap this best of batman discussion up let's talk about our top five best live action batman films now we have a whole slew of appearances of Batman in live action, spanning from Batman the movie in 1966 all the way through to the Justice League. Now, what we're going to do for this exercise, we're going to roundtable what somebody did to the villains, and we're going to move through it relatively quickly here as we kind of count down towards the end of the episode. But we're going to take the Dark Knight out of this, because the assumption I'm making here is that that's going to be at the top of our list. So we're going to take that out of contention, just say, yeah, this is kind of the pinnacle of Batman. That might not be everyone's opinion, but I'm just going to put it out there just to make this a little bit more interesting, make you pull something different into the mix and put a different number one up there. So we're going to count down from five and work our way to number one. All right. <clears throat> we'll start with you, Sanjay, to my right. What is your fifth? What did What do you consider the fifth best Batman live action film? Yeah, I'm going uh, back to the 80s again. Batman 89 nice. with Tim Burton. Um, love that one. The Joker iconic batman michael keaton uh mr mom's playing batman like the outrage uh back in the day and this movie killed it in the theaters like back in the day this movie was like number one for like 10 weeks or something stupid like that like this thing like batmania was everywhere thanks to this movie so uh batman 89 it, it still holds up today like i watched it 
as a kid and I didn't really dig it. And then I watched it again, like a little bit later. I'm like, yeah, no, this is, this is legit. This is a good film. Okay. Okay. 89. Okay. Nice. Um, top five. I'm going to go with Batman forever. It, it holds a little, nice. a little spot um, in my heart, man. That movie, I was all into the toys back then. I'm never going through like the, um, the Canadian Tire catalog, and I'm looking, or maybe it was Sears, and I'm looking through to get the toys, the Batmobile, all that stuff. I love the introduction of Chris O'Donnell because this is the first time I got a live action movie cinematic um, Robin, and I was so obsessed with that character. I still love Robin today. So uh, I'm going to go with Batman Forever, man. That's, yes. that's the one. Number five. <laughs> you, dude, man. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely kind of pulling on that yeah. nostalgia a bit. It's it's when you break it down, it's not a fantastic movie by any means. No. But when it came out, it was I was right in my wheelhouse, man. Yeah. Like that, like right? you said, the Two Face, the Riddler, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. it was awesome. So yeah, yeah. Batman it was dope. Yeah, Batman Forever nice. number five for me. Great choice. Yeah. All right, number four. Uh, number four. I'm going back to the '90s. Batman '92, Batman Returns. Nice. So like one of the big sequels of the time. I remember. Uh, there's a lot of people upset at this film because they're like, the children are scarred. It's too scary for them. Cause you got the penguin, you know, the penguin was scary there. He yeah. has like the black goo coming out of his mouth and like <laughs> the, <laughs> the parents just like throw him off the bridge. Cause he's like deformed. Like that was crazy. And then Catwoman. I mean, you can't talk about Batman returns without bringing up Catwoman. Yeah. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> Nails it. I mean, she's still the most iconic Catwoman of all time. Yeah. And we had a great performance from uh, Anne Hathaway. So, and she's a not, good. I like that. And Catwoman. a not so great performance from Halle Berry. So, I mean, those are two like amazing actresses, and still people come back to Michelle. Um, and you had Christopher Walken in it. And uh, to me, I think that I like this one more than Batman '89. I think it holds up a little bit better. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit more of a Tim Burton film. But uh, yeah, Batman Returns. Yeah, there it is. Nice, All right. nice. All right, number four, Troy. I'm going Batman '89 um, as my number number four. There, I, I, I love that film. I thought it was fantastic. I loved that costume at the time. Right. Um, Michael Keaton. You know, you want to get nuts? Come on, <laughs> get nuts. I, I love yeah. that. And he takes the bullet and he's down. Yeah. Um, that movie was great. You got the Prince soundtrack. You got Joker at his best at that point. Um, I loved it. Again, going back to the toys were fantastic. Batman 89, man. I love that film. It's great. Nice. Yes. All right, for yeah. me, number four is Batman Begins. Oh, wow. Number four. Yeah, I wow. do. I do. Now, don't get me wrong. I do really love this film. Yeah. There's a piece of it, though, that doesn't feel like they gave Nolan enough creative freedom in it. Right. And I would love for us. I know we committed like two years ago to do a review series on this, but <laughs> life happens, right, guys? Yeah. And there's a piece of this that doesn't feel proper Nolan. And when you go Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, that feels like a, a perfect continuum. Yeah. This feels a little bit different from that, a little bit out of that that universe. And so that's why it's, it's a little bit lower on my list. Still love the film. So great, great adaptation of kind of the Bruce Wayne Batman origin. And for a film that doesn't show Batman in his, his full gear until like halfway through the film, yeah. but still captures you and it kind of engages you, really well executed but yeah. yeah number four for me christopher nolan uh they re-released the trilogy on imax and he was in uh doing a q a about it and warner brothers like when they first read the script they're like batman doesn't put on his suit till halfway through the film like we can't have this and he's like well back in the christopher reeve superman film superman doesn't don the suit till like an hour into the film 
So they go, oh, okay, yeah, sure, you can keep it in then. But that's totally not true because he definitely dons it earlier than that. He just said it. Just so, lied? Yeah, he just lied and it worked. So, I mean, I guess lie until you get caught. I mean, don't listen to that, children. But uh. <laughs> I'm not sure children listenership is, uh, is too deep. But. <laughs> Number three. Uh, I'm going to my man Zack Snyder, Batman v Superman. Um, this is his only real full take on the character. Um, before Justice League and the events of that film. But uh, yeah, I love this film. I remember seeing it in theaters, just being absolutely blown away. And I was like, like I remember watching the reviews. My daughter was born like a couple days before this came out. I remember watching the reviews and I'm like, man, this movie's getting trashed by critics. And I saw it in theaters with my buddy and we turned after. And we're like, wow, like I really dug that. Like He's like, yeah, me too, me too. And then it wasn't until like uh, after when the uh, Ultimate Cut came out uh, and they added 30 minutes back in and then I watched it again. I'm like, yeah, this film is great. Like this is, this is an amazing film. And it, it's, I think, I think in like 30 years when we look back at that film, I think people are going to be like, we judge this too harshly. Like, I think we're going to go back and be like, this was like, like a diamond in the rough, like, like an Aladdin. Like, I think you think of some of like filmmakers, um, sometimes when they put out films, like it doesn't take the first try maybe it's just not like the right like cultural stew or like the right like cultural environment for this film to take off in um but i i I think that like in 30 years we're gonna look back and we're gonna be like yeah like yeah snyder snyder nailed this it's Uh, like scarface scarface yeah i'm thinking of stanley kubrick's like the shining the shining came out and shelly duvall and i think jack nicholson got nominated for razzie awards yeah and if you ask any and stanley kubrick i think did too and you ask any horror film fan now about the shining we all like wet our pants about it because it's that good so (laughs) me literally yeah (laughs) so i I think bbs is very gonna look back and be like damn like this thing i I don't know man there's something about this film that's just like i i dig it a lot so that's number three for me nice troy what are you saying for number three uh number three batman returns man um this movie was fantastic too this is this was one of the first movies I saw that really got me into seeing movies in theaters first. My my brother uh, brought me to the theater downtown. <laughs> we watched it. I was I was such a little kid. I should yeah. I had no business watching this film. But you know, <laughs> you guys mentioned that point when um, Penguin's eating and you see the black goo coming out. I remember that just it's just permanently burnt in my brain. So I just creepy. remember being like, ugh, like that is so weird. And, and um, the feelings when you see Michelle Pfeiffer, you're like. Yeah, she's she's incredible um, <laughs> at such a young age. And then uh, <laughs> like, I think I like girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her costume was really cool. Like I know, like it made no sense because she I think made it out of like, garbage bags, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, it but was it, like a Halloween costume, wasn't it? That she like sews together to make it more like skimpy. Was it? Yeah, that's like was. after she dies and then comes back. I can't yeah. remember, but I, it's, it's due for a rewatch. <laughs> it, it was so cool though. I, I really liked that film. The Penguin was great, and. Um, Christopher Walken. I mean, what what more can you say? That guy's in that film. Like, he's he's such a cool actor. I love Christopher Walken. So, yeah, man, that's my number three. Is it the best uh, Christmas superhero film? Uh, Iron Man three. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely is. <laughs> yes, definitely. Wait till you see Shazam. <laughs> oh okay, okay. I see what's going on here. All right, my All number right. three is B. BS. Wow, I'm shocked that you have that now, over begins. <laughs> 
literally shock. Like I got to pick my jaw off the floor. Now <laughs> it's because I'm judging it on the Batman side. Okay. It's okay. Not <laughs> as holistically. I'm looking at best live action representation, I guess best Batman portrayal. Yeah. And I think like we said, Affleck holds it down. That, yeah. What sells it for me really is that warehouse scene. Yeah. I know there's a lot of controversy right now online about Batman and killing and all this kind of stuff, but uh, I'm not really fussed either way about it personally. Yeah. With regards to the character, I know that, yeah, sure, he has a code and that's important. And we see that more prominently featured in the Bale stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But the no kill, having a code, a line he won't step over. And I understand that that's very important to the character itself. But I'm, when I'm looking at him doing what he does in that warehouse, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, love it. So yeah, it's going to sit as my number three. Nice. All right, nice. top two. We're going to do them both at the same time here. Okay. What is your one, two? Uh, number two, Batman Begins. Number one, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises for me is still my number one favorite superhero film, comic book film of all Ugh. time. Uh, yeah, Troy over <laughs> there. I mean, we're going to have to have a disagreement. Like, we're going to have to have, like, a nerd out one day. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, this film, <laughs> I remember Batman, Dark Knight uh, Rises, going to the midnight showing and, like, watching it and just – Everyone in the theater was just like gasping and just like the the Bane's voice and the scene where Batman gets broken and there's no soundtrack and you just hear the water falling and you just see his mask breaking and so just good. everything with like the, the football stadium and the football players and he crashes it and like even the opening plane scene like this film here is phenomenal. It's uh it, it it's my favorite. And then Batman begins, number two, um, same kind of thing. And then the thing that stuck out for me was kind of like the Easter egg or the end credit teaser before we had end credit teasers yes. where commissioner Gordon says like, Oh, the theatrics yes. are they're keeping up with you, you know, eight murders, whatever, eight yeah. counts of this. He left a calling card and it's just the Joker card. Uh, Everyone Joker. in the yeah. theater just died. Like oh. it was insane. Like, Oh, it was, I was just like, Oh my God, like the Joker. And like at that, that was t- a good at the time we didn't know what was going on. So we were like, is this going to connect then to Batman 89? Yes. And is this just a one-off? Because the film didn't do that good in theaters. No. Like, it did all right, but it had the stench of Batman and Robin on it. And then WB, like, this was, like, the first successful reboot. And, uh, yeah, I just I just fell in love with... I re-fell in love with the character in Batman Begins. And then I continued our relationship and got married to him in Batman Dark Knight Rises, so... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Troy, oh, what's your one-two punch for Batman uh, live action? BVS. BVS says number two. Um, what more can I say about that film? You know, it's grown on me a lot more. And like I mentioned, nice. I feel like it, it might actually be like that Scarface. Like, it might yeah. actually age better. Um, what Ben Affleck does in that role is is incredible. The opening scene is wicked, how it ties into um, Man of Steel. Yeah. And you can see what's going on in uh, Metropolis. I, I, oh, yeah. oh, Man, I love that part. Cinema, uh, cinematically, too, it looks great. The cinematography is fantastic throughout the whole film. There's some editing issues, but all in all, man, that's definitely my number two most favorite Batman live action. Nice. Number one, hands down, is Batman Begins. I think they nailed the character, especially for an origin story. If you wanted a live action um, year one with liberties, you, you go with this film. Yeah. Um, what they did with um, Ra- Ra's al Ghul was such a cool setup. Uh, how he semi-mentored and trained Batman was just brilliant to me. The use of Scarecrow, how they actually made him work live yeah. action was, yeah. was great. And how he is present throughout the other three films was cool. And um, I loved seeing like the underground like dirtiness of Gotham and how the police were corrupt. All that stuff going on was so cool. And Sanjay, you mentioned it, man. That um, That Joker reference at the end. 
yeah. how they led that up. And yeah, as an audience, we're just like, what? So this ties into the 89 Batman? Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. my mind was blown completely. And yeah, that got me right back into Batman. And till this day, I love that movie. Nice. Love it. That's, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. All awesome, right, man. for me, my one two is Batman eighty nine, and then the Dark Knight Rises. My man, yeah, Batman eighty nine <laughs> for me being at number two there. A bit of nostalgia there as well. This is my first real introduction to Batman post Adam West Batman sixty six. Nice. I remember seeing this. I must have been in the early nineties, ninety nineteen ninety or something like that, ninety one. Yeah. When I first saw this, my dad had it, and I remember. Do you remember the the slip cover on the VHS was just the yellow symbol? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Black VHS. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that so vividly. I picked that up at the uh, what you call it, um, Goodwill. Oh nice. Yeah. So I actually have that VHS. Ah, oh, it, it's and it was kind of that reintroduction to Batman because I had no idea what was going on in this film. I was like, "Why is he like this?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that that for me holds a, a nice fond memory, and I, I like that reintroduction and what they did—the updating of Batman. And then yeah, the Dark Knight Rises here. Of course, the Dark Knight's the top for me, but I just I I won't I won't say I adore this film, but I thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I've actually got a script with everyone's names nice. signed on it. Oh, no, uh, I stole it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a film that when it came out, to me, it had a lot of hype to live up to post yeah. The Dark Knight. And it, it it landed. It may have done a bit better if it had a small Joker cameo in it. Right. But at the end of the day, for them to build up to the and escalate to the Bane level of things coming off the back end, of the Joker, I think they nailed it, and mm-hmm. I, I love Tom Hardy in that role. Christian Bale coming out the end of that, yeah, that that whole trilogy is incredible. But yeah. yeah, the Dark Knight Rises in the absence of the Dark Knight is definitely number one live action Batman for me. So nice. there's the list, there's the Batman. You know, we did a lot of lists, a lot of counting down, talking about Batman there, and man, was that ever fun? You know, revisiting some of these Batman films is going to be at the top of the list for me in the the not too distant future. Nice. Uh, no one had Suicide Squad on the list. I didn't even have that as an option. <laughs> I mean, he makes an appearance. I know it's a cameo. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more of like a like a Batman-adjacent film. Like yeah. Catwoman 2. Yeah. Batman 66. Yeah. Batman and Robin. Justice League. No one had Justice League. No. 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 no I think no. Justice League would have been like the one, like the honorable mention I don't think it's a me. Justice League. I don't think it's a Batman film. And Batfleck, no. Batfleck, Ben Affleck isn't nearly as good in that as he is in Beaver. You, you no. can tell he's not quite happy with what's going no. on behind the yeah. camera. No. Yeah. And he just, to me, the effort wasn't their physicality. Yeah. Yeah. From a physical perspective either. Yeah. So, yeah. Different, different. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of iterations of Batman out there. And I think we got through most of them there, at least touched on the reference of them. So it's awesome to see 80 years of a character. And, you know, in, in 20 years from now, we're going to 100 years of Batman. How crazy that's going to oh, be. We're going to be on, like, episode, like, <laughs> 2000. <laughs> uh, quickly before we uh, sign off, Matt Reeves' Batman film's coming up. You know, we haven't heard anything about that. Uh, who's your villain that you want him to be? Like, you know, if you if Matt Reeves came to you and he's like, Tim, I'm having trouble writing this Batman film. Who do you think I should use? Court of Owls. Court of Owls? Yeah. How about yeah. you, Troy? Yeah. Yeah, Court of Owls for me too. Yeah. yeah that's a lock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you guys yeah. said Court of Owls. I mean, Court of Owls definitely would be up there for me. Maybe I'll throw out like a Scarecrow or like a Riddler. Riddler would Riddler be, would be cool. Yeah. Um, Clayface maybe, Clayface, but I guess it'd be a little too out there. Man yeah. Bat would be cool. Yeah, Killer yeah. Croc. Killer Croc, <laughs> yeah, Batista. bring him back. Or no, he was in Suicide Squad. He's, He's in the squad, yeah. What's the shark? 
Uh, King Shark. King Shark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> King Tut. How about Egghead? Egghead. Condiment yeah, Egghead. King. Condiment King. Condiment Man. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe maybe a Catwoman too. Like introduce Catwoman and show they, like their love. And... They gotta do something different. Something that hasn't been seen before. Yeah. 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 You gotta have that that yeah. villain draw on the yeah. on the side of Batman yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man. All right, guys. Well, that was. An... Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. All right, guys, that was an absolute blast rocking through some Batman, getting some high level on Endgame, talking about our weeks in nerd. It's always a pleasure having you guys back at the table. We will be back next week, and I say this every week in some form <laughs> or another. I will hopefully have a kid by then. <laughs> and it may just be Troy and Sanjay. I'm not sure where we're going to fit in the Shazam review, but we will get that to you guys at some point. Um, we'll figure this all out as we go. We kind of do a lot of this with super fans. <laughs> And we'll, we'll kind of we'll make sure that you have some content to plug into next Thursday. So if you want to be part of this show, you can always email us at thenerdram at gmail.com. You can always hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag, hashtag TwitterGang. And our handles, our personal handles, are at the end of the episode. You can find everything we do on thenerdroom.net as well as StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Check out everything that's going on over there on StarWarsCommonwealth.com with regards to Star Wars because, yeah, we're counting down a celebration. It is going to be here in about a week and a half, so all sorts of content coming out from not only the guys on the floors but the people that are watching from afar, which it does include us as well. And we always like to give a shout-out to our man, Rob Wade, at the end of this, who endorses this podcast on Remotely14.com. So make sure to go check out all the podcasts <coughs> that he's got up there indoors and everything he does over on emotionally14.com. Now, with all that being said, guys, we will be back at the table next week. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Someone will be here. Maybe just you guys in my house. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but sure. we, will, we will be back. And until then, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. The Nerd Cave. The Nerd Cave. <laughs> Peace. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast, Tattooing Sons, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.